Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Everyone wants to join this task to get the first cruise ship up and running by 2024 25. So uh, we will go shortly out now with tenders. Uh, Hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Aronox podcast, where we look at the changing shape of the shipping and ocean industries. I'm Craig Eason from Fathom World. Now, there's been a bit of development in the European Parliament last week as amendments to the proposals for a renewed regional emissions trading scheme were revealed. Now, anyone listening to this podcast and involved in shipping will know that there is a drive in Europe and at the International Maritime Organization to curb shipping's greenhouse gas emissions. Europe doesn't work in the same way as the IMO and can of course move forward a little bit quicker, but it still needs to be careful, especially when it comes to setting regulations that impact businesses outside its jurisdiction. Many European members of Parliament and Commission staff will probably recall the difficulties and the pushback that happened when it tried to bring international aviation into the ETS. Europe's ETS does go through periodic revisions, but for this one, being tied to the Green Deal, it's particularly tense, and with the promise of including shipping, even more so. Now, the latest proposals from the European Parliament, having already been with the Commission, are certainly not set in stone and will still need to be discussed, potentially changed and agreed on by the three institutions of the EU. That's the Parliament, Commission and the Council. But it has shown how its decision about which entity should be the responsible one for being part of the ETS has split ship owner groups. European owners seem happy. More international ones, and certainly the World Shipping Council, which represents giant container ship liners, not so. It comes as shipping left COP26, the UNFCCC meeting in Glasgow at the beginning of December, patting itself on the back that it had begun to talk with one voice. You can read these stories and the statements from the Greek ship owners, the European Community Ship Owners Association and the World Shipping Council for yourself on the Fathom World news site. But whether shipping can actually talk about decarbonisation with one voice or not, there is no doubt that the transition of shipping will include radical change. Whether you think shipping will change to be CO2 net zero, which allows CO2 and greenhouse gases out of the funnel, providing they're accounted for elsewhere, such as through synthetic methane or methanol fuels or biofuels, or whether the emissions should be actually zero, such as if a vessel uses ammonia fuels or hydrogen, there will be changes. Now, for me, one of the sectors in the maritime industry that gets a lot of attention is the one that sits right in front of people's view, especially in picturesque ports and locations around the world. I'm talking, of course, about the cruise industry. It is the most visible shipping sector and often the most vilified. But how can that change? In this week's Aronax interview, I caught up with a man with a serious plan to do that. He wants to build a fleet of up to 14 luxury cruise ships that will have the very latest clean tech on board. Rolf Sandvik revealed his plans for Northern Explorer last month. He's building up to place his first order of what he says will be the most advanced cruise ship on the water, using fuel cells that will be powered by hydrogen and have the most powerful industrial energy storage systems, batteries, on board. Rolf gained his experience with building zero-emission vessels with the award-winning Vision of the Fjords in Norway, a vessel which was somewhat before its time being capable of travelling in the Norwegian Heritage Fjords, 
powered by batteries. This is where I first met Rolf, and he's battled an industry that said that the technologies were not ready for such a vessel to work in the fjords at the time. After proving them wrong, he's now turned to bigger things, much bigger. From a tourist vessel sailing up and down the fjords, he now wants to build cruise ships that are able to cater for 300 paying guests on lengthy cruises, not day trips, and have up to 100 crew and hotel staff on board. This is, I said to him, like planning to have the vision of the fjords, but on steroids. Bigger, bolder, and leading the way for the rest of the cruise industry. Yeah, yeah, we call it Fjords Vessel on steroids. We start uh, basically on scratch, but uh, based on our history and track history on developing tourist destinations, developing new uh, commercial viable, uh, you know, clean energy shipping companies like the Fjords. Um, you do have a kind of a track record and people that believe in what you have done before, which I did approach first. Uh, so the ABB was extremely important for us to begin with, um, as you know, um, a technology provider, an integrator in the technologies that we talked about. They was with us on Vision on the Fjords, which again was a huge success because we succeeded. It could also be the opposite if we didn't. But, but everyone went into the project with a faith that this is possible to do, to achieve. Uh, so ABP has been in Northern Explorer since uh, yeah, almost for three years now. Um, and uh, having uh, the same ambitions as us when it comes to the possibilities that this uh, can create for the green shift in, the, in at least parts of the cruise industry. Uh, I don't see this solution here become viable, you know, for the big operators like uh, the mega ships that is out there today. But this is where we start. So again, a step up from the fjords, heavier ships, bigger ships, and then moving into a more energy consuming uh, ships as well with less passengers. But 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 this is I think a natural step for me to develop the experiences and everything I learned from establishing the fjords over to the industry which I love, which is the cruise industry, and see what we can do and what we can start with. And I'm sure that within, you know, relatively short time, we will see even bigger projects than Northern Explorer coming up, because someone starts this ball and race towards a greener uh, and less emission industry. The cruise industry is getting uh, all the attention uh, and consists of only a small percentage of the total maritime industry. But the reason why the cruise industry is so hard focused on is that we are basically creating a product which no one needs. It's a leisure product. Yes. Um, and uh, it's, uh, again, ships that parks right in front of your living room. So you see it in the cities that you're visiting. And you see the people that they are bringing with. These big container ships, they are docked far away and outside the cities. Yeah, that's always been something that I've, 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 I've said about the cruise industry in terms of the whole maritime sector, the shipping industry as a whole. Mm. The cruise industry really is the most visible part of our sector, of our industry. It's a sector that is parked right outside people's living rooms, is down in the middle of the harbours in city centres. It is right in front of people. It gets photo- Those ships get photographed more than any other ship 
really big. They're white. Well, they're not always white these days. They've all got different colours painted, splattered almost all <laughs> over them. But, uh, you know, they're, they're very visible sort of signs of this is a ship, you know, mm. in capital letters, whereas... The tankers and gas carriers that I used to sail on, you know, they'd go around the headland and berth, you know, a few miles away from the city centre where they wouldn't be seen. <laughs> but I, I think the um, this this project, Northern Explorer, I don't think it would work outside Norway at the moment. I think you are in an environment in Norway where you've got, you mentioned the heritage fjords with the regulations there. You've mm -hmm. got a government that is promoting a sort of this, a very aggressively promoting a green transition. Mm -hmm. You've got a cruise industry that is already there. You've got a, um, you've got the networks there to, to a large extent. So if it's going to work, it's going to work in Norway, isn't it? It's going, it's, you've got everything there for it to work, and you've got the clusters as well. Let's not forget the maritime clusters that you've got around Norway, that um, like the NCE Maritime Clean Tech, which, you know, you've got all of these technology partners, I guess, there ready to sort of make and continue that that, that role that Norway has. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, and that's, that's also why we start to build, you know, the first ship for the Norwegian uh, market, uh, not market, but uh, geography where we are going to operate to begin with. And tourism up north is uh, a whole year industry. Uh, the majority of the pictures that we see from the fjords is basically in the summertime. Uh, but uh, as you also notice, living in Sweden, Craig, uh, the northern light becomes of uh, even bigger and bigger attention and attractions to people. And also Viking cruises have done year-round cruises up to the north of Norway with, uh, with uh, a starting point in England. So in, in my head, it's it's uh, it's quite clear that the cruise industry has to be the first movers on 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 these uh, very expensive technologies. And to me, yeah, living in a country which hands out the Norwegian or, or the, the the prestigious you know peace prize every year, I think travel is one of the reasons and most important reasons. Uh, to create peace in the world and create understanding between cultures and people. Uh, so I hope uh, from inside my heart that uh, travel will never be something that we are ashamed to do based on uh, our footprint, uh, on the missions that we are doing. On the other hand, which you mentioned, uh, why uh, would this work outside Norway? Today it wouldn't. Tomorrow it will. Uh, because we see all the initiatives taken by especially EU being, you know, a kind of a big uh, driver now for the green shift in, in whole Europe. And that's our uh, also expansion plans are, are aiming towards. Yeah. Uh, we see the Swedish coast uh, of, uh, as a huge interest for us to create and develop new itineraries. We have them ready yet. Uh, we see in northern Germany. Uh, the Kirkenau, Copenhagen, all these areas where uh, we do have traveling today, but we can make it work with less impact on the environment that we are traveling with, with the Northern Explorer ship. So we are expanding as the technology is becoming more and more readily available. And uh, another area which I really kind of look at with keen interest is, for instance, Venice in Italy. Uh, where you have these megaships more or less destroying the ship or the city and passengers uh, hurdling uh, back on these megaships in the early afternoon 
So there again, I see a huge uh, possibility for Norway's growing small ships that stays overnight and, and encourage you know uh, local industries to provide. Well, I, I wanted I wanted to talk to you about the the kind of the kind of itinerary. And the kind of passenger you want to get onto the vessels, because with 300 passengers, that's a big difference from 3,000 or 5,000 that you see on the the extremely large cruise ships. You've got some very specific destinations, but I I understand that you are in line with the vessels and the sort of ethos of Northern Explorer. You'll be wanting the, the passengers, your guests, to have a similar ethos, to really be on board with this environmental footprint question but how else are you going to sort of like just really encompass that sort of sustainability environmental picture mm-hmm. that links northern explorer the passengers and the uh, and the destinations all three of them uh, i think um, our cruise guests are not going to differ too much from uh, you know the main uh, cruise guests that is out there today uh, we're looking at 40 plus which means everything up to you know grandpa traveling or uh, with grandma or their mistress or whatever it is. I think uh, what Greta Thunberg have started as a movement, I, I think there is so many uh, parents, grandparents, uncle, aunts, that is challenged by the kids, which is of extreme importance on their choice to spend their vacations these days. And and, and these kids, they are stupid, they are smart. Uh, and they will come in a position one day where they kind of uh, put you in charge of what you have done to the planet uh, historically. Um, this is a, a dramatic opening, but but I think there is so many grandparents and parents out there that is really thinking big thoughts of the planet, and they do not want to travel uh, and put an enormous CO2 footprint out there in the atmosphere and support that. So, so in order to uh, again encourage traveling, we again encourage traveling with the least possible footprint and yet get the same experience as you would expect from a cruise ship of a luxury uh, cruise ship. And we are talking Scandinavian Nordic luxury here, which is a different type of luxury that you can expect, for instance, in the Middle East or even in the United States. But um, uh, a really, really great uh, food uh, from breakfast to lunch to dinner. Uh, and with the speciality restaurants, uh, again, maybe shoreside. Uh, you see the Nordic cuisine is getting more and more attention and getting more and more Michelin stars uh, in, in the so-called gourmet Bible. And we would never take that opportunity away from our guests to even visit you know, a spectacular restaurant shoreside at night. Uh, we will rather encourage that. Uh, you will not sit at the restaurant and, and pay uh, what you have eaten, anything, when you are on the cruise with or with Northern Explorer. We will make sure that you have your total package settled before you go ashore to eat. So less hassle for you and more streamlined operation and a vacation uh, which you really, really want. So I think we, we are looking at uh, rewrapping the whole uh, concept of uh, of uh, dining, cruising, and what the cruise guests should expect. They should expect more from us and a closer experience when they visit the destinations uh, that we have on our itineraries. Uh, and be also leaving the cruise with a good conscience that we have traveled and put very little emission out there, 
to save the planet. And they can go back to their grandchildren and show pictures of the cruise ships, etc. And I have friends uh, these days that um, if they travel, you know, to uh, just see how, how, how the whole uh, kind of uh, selfie uh, thing has uh, um, reframed, you know, what we put out there on the social media. Um, Previously, you had friends, you know, taking pictures from the first-class uh, cabins on the Emirates or, or Lufthansa or British Airways traveling, you know, to far-flung destinations. Today, they hide it away. They don't even talk about it. They don't take pictures from the Maldives anymore because everyone knows that in order to travel there, you have really, really, really put a huge footprint mm-hmm. on emissions in order to go there. Which again is going to kill these destinations with uh, with uh, the poles melting and flooding them. I think the market for us, uh, 300 passengers on one ship, is uh, less than the demand will be in, in two to three years. And let's just turn then to uh, before we close. I want to turn to the actual technology that you're planning on putting on board the ship. You're looking at uh, building the first two vessels. Um, or the first vessel, but you're building up to potentially 14 vessels. Mm. Every time I talk to somebody within the technology environment, I, I hear of new developments, I hear of new opportunities, and I hear of new things that are, are, are happening, making certain um, solutions more viable, certain efficiencies greater, um, whether it be wind assist technologies, wind technologies, whether it be um, fuel cell uh, capabilities, a capacity, batteries, as you mentioned earlier. What are you going to put into the first vessel? Mm. Where is it going to come from, including the hydrogen? Are you talking, tell me a little bit about your plans on getting the hydrogen onto, for that first vessel. But also, what's your plans for subsequent vessels? Are they going to be identical to that first vessel so that you've got a fleet of 14 identical ships or should we expect the northern explorer vessels to slowly evolve as they're ordered and the technology evolves yeah i want to start with the last first we are going to rapidly evolve uh, because the technology is going fast quick so not slow uh, that's that's the first start but uh, we have decided on the energy mix that we are going to have on board, with so much coming from batteries and so much coming from hydrogen, and so little from solar and wind, because that's really, really little. So we don't even take it into into the big uh, calculation. By doing this division and, and stating that we are going to have so much from hydrogen, so much from battery, that makes the approach to the industry that delivers such products uh, easier. Um, and uh, we are going to uh, be very uh, kind of late closing deals on on a specific battery type or a specific fuel cell or hydrogen solution exactly based on what you said because the building process is taking you know up to 24 30 months within these time barriers we know that technology is moving forward but we will make sure that we have the battery package or the fuel cell package, which is the most efficient one when we start operating the ship. The ships will be very different from number one to two to three to four and all the way up to 14. Um, not design-wise, they will look the same uh, from the outside, but inside it will be hopefully an evolution of technology as we are moving 
forward. And that is also the message that we have given to those we are working, that those we are working with today. That if they are not in the race and provide us with the best solutions on, uh, on technology, uh, we will go to someone else that do have the best solutions. So if ABB wants to be with us for the whole race here, they really have to be also in the leading position when it comes to searching for new technologies and fuel cell technologies to put on board. But I'm very confident that ABB has the resources and also the people to do such things. I've uh, worked with them on the fjords, amazing people working there. And, uh, you know, I, I have no doubt in embarking on a venture with them again on such a project. So uh, we, uh, to answer it in short, no, the vessels will be not the same as uh, the first one. We will have an evolution, and that evolution hopefully will go very fast. So we have put aside also a volume within the ship, which is solidly, um, um, yeah, hydrogen area, and then the uh, other area for the batteries. And these are the compartments that we are working with. And within those compartments, uh, we have already seen from from some vendors that we can fit easily more than we have asked for. Uh, but we know how much uh, we want from the battery, and we know how much we want from the hydrogen. And uh, we are confident that these rooms will not be stacked all the way up to up under deck with the batteries. We see already with the development taking place that we will uh, we have set aside enough space for batteries and enough space for hydrogen. I think um, by closing the battery deals and the hydrogen deals uh, very close to delivery is what we are aiming for in order to have the best solution on board at the time of delivery. We have uh, been uh, in talks with the hydrogen providers. We are sure that uh, the market is coming there. Uh, we see also from I first started venturing into hydrogen, uh, the domain, that the price has dropped uh, by over half. Uh, in some of the projects that I've uh, been in uh, side before. Um, I see the tank uh, solutions, cooling systems, uh, bunkering systems is coming and are in the development phase. So I think with all these canvas heads working with uh, within those uh, domains that we need to put on board, we will be very safe to say that we will start trafficking when we sign the contract and for a new build that we can actually give you the date trade and say come visit us on the on the maiden voyage and uh, bring your wife uh, enjoy a trip and uh, make sure I'm, I'm going to guarantee you that uh, your kids will not face you with accusations that you have ruined the planet by traveling so uh, no it's 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 again we're not going to save the planet with this uh, definitely because we are putting out a product which is when are you going to build? When are you going to start building the first one and, and where? Have you got all that sorted yet? Uh, we have been on an initial round with some shipyards just to get some benchmark pricing uh, on what we are thinking of. Uh, we are um, in the range where our analysis uh, has estimated it to be. We've been working with this project now for over three years, but under the radar for almost everyone, uh, Craig. So. Uh, the press release that came just before Christmas was kind of a quick release since we was planning to do this on moon shipping in January, which was cancelled. So 
uh, again, it was a quite a busy Christmas, but uh, but the thing is, by having working, been working with this project uh, more or less undercover uh, for so long, has also made us very kind of confident that we are in the lead of the development when it comes to at least this side of the maritime industry. We will be the first to have uh, hydrogen on board on the cruise ship. We will be the first one that offers emission-free cruising into the world heritage fjords in this product spectre. Also the traction that they've got, gotten, you know, from established companies and uh, yeah, new startups uh, within the green, green technology segment. I think that everyone wants to join this task to get the first cruise ship up and running by 2024-25. So uh, we will go shortly out now with tenders, uh, a function tenders to, to a broad spectre of shipyards uh, all over Europe. Um, and uh, we hope to make this a European project, uh, which uh, again supports, you know, the Horizon 2020 and uh, the new Green Deal, which everyone is talking about, and make this first uh, European emission-free cruise Rolf Samvik has just revealed Northern Explorer, a company he says will show what can be done to really change the image of the cruise industry. This is the Aranax Podcast. Now that's nearly it for this episode. In other news around the industry, the Singapore-based Global Centre for Maritime Decarbonisation has launched an ammonia bunkering safety study with Class Society DNV. It's recognising that while ammonia is loaded as a cargo today, there is the need to ensure that there are the right safety rules in place for when it is regularly loaded as a fuel. I heard this week from Finn Pilots about its plans for testing remote pilotage in Finland. It is part of the country's digitalisation drive, but it also goes in lines with Finn Pilots' own decarbonisation goals. But the technology is not ready to achieve remote pilotage soon, but it is coming. Finn Pilots was taking part in a competition I was judging known as an intelligence hunt. This is where maritime and logistics university student groups work together to solve challenges set by corporates that have real issues that they want to get an out-of-the-box perspective on. Guided by mentors, the students then spend a few months trying to address the challenge and then put their ideas to a group of judges to see which one would win. Now I'll be talking to the winners of this latest intelligence hunt competition which had great ideas on decarbonised short sea vessels for Rama Marine Construction. Well that's it for this week. Please follow and like this podcast. Share it, shout about it to family, friends and colleagues and go to fathom.world, look at the news and information we have there where you can also sign up for a sort of regular newsletter to get these stories and more right on your fingertips in your mailbox and you'll find me on linkedin and twitter of course so please get in touch until the next time goodbye